Good morning, why don't you stand with us? I was nowhere, you came to my rescue From the grave I've been raised When I needed a savior to save me Jesus, you made a way I was blind, but these eyes have been opened Now I walk in the light Every step on this road I will follow Jesus, you made a way you are the way, you are the way You're the dead but your love came to find me Jesus, you are the way You are the way, you are the way You're the light shining bright in the darkness Jesus, you are the way days are secure in your promise, never standing alone. You're the truth, you're the life, you're my future. Jesus, you made a way. Let's sing, I'm alive. I'm alive in the love that you give me, free to dance once again. You will lead me from glory to glory. Jesus, you made a way. You are the
how many of you thankful that he is the way? He is the truth and he is the life. None comes to the Father but through me. That's what he says. Father, we just thank you for the time of worship that we are embarking on. God, I believe that you're going to do some amazing things today through our service and through um, every element. So, Father, have your way. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. Father, whatever we've brought into the sanctuary, whatever we have brought with us this morning, God, may we cast it aside. May we turn our eyes towards you and towards the things that you have for us, the things that you want for us. Father, maybe some things that we need to lay down and to sacrifice and to give to you. Father, I pray that your will be done in our service today. In your name we pray. And let's continue to worship him this morning. what you can do oh God of wonders your power has no end the things you've done before in greater measure you will do again cause there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can move all things are possible and there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up you can light it up
Let's ask him this morning. Let's ask him to fill our hearts. Come on, let's sing. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Oh, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Pour it. Is that your prayer this morning? Come awaken your people. Come awaken your city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the shakes in the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Oh, the darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up.
Come awake in the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. I have anything to do with this worship experience. I never want us to get into a habit of singing and not paying attention to what we're singing. Because I think we can hear songs so often that we just kind of sing through them. So before we sing this next song, I just want to talk about it a moment. And You probably know the song. It's called Make Room. It's been around for a few years now. so powerful. It says, shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. And we get excited when we sing that because it is exciting. But as I was just praying over the set for this morning, God really checked me. And just said, we need to take it further. We need to shake up the ground and break down the walls of all other distractions that are in our lives. We need to break down every stronghold. And he is capable, every addiction, every failing relationship that we may have, every dark corner of our lives that we may experience. can break down those walls if we allow them to. And when we think about the people that followed Jesus, his disciples, they were willing to make room. They were willing to break down walls. They were willing for the ground to be shaken. So we're just going to continue this time and we're going to open the altars. If you need to come and pray, by all means, come and pray. Know that you have the freedom to do that. And church, I encourage you this morning, whatever it is, just give it to him. I can speak from experience, hanging on to things for far too long that were no good for me. And it wasn't until I finally decided to break down walls and for the ground beneath me to be shaken and make room for his purposes that I've been able to experience some semblance of freedom. 
And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that you come to the altar and you lay everything down, all your problems are going to go away. No, I'm not going to tell you that. But you allow, you allow the opportunity for him to intercept the situation and begin moving towards something that resembles a Christ-filled life. And that is when God can do amazing things in you. He can do amazing things in your families. He can do amazing things in your addictions and your relationships. He can do amazing things in situations that just feel so hopeless. He can do those things, but we have to make the first move. We have to make room for Him. And I hope that that is our prayer this morning. So we're just going to open the altar and sing.
chasing now This is my surrender This is my surrender Here is where I lay it down You are all I'm chasing now This is my surrender
handsome in glory His face I had last shall see Twill be my joy through the ages To sing of His love for Dear God, 
Anytime you move like that in a worship service, Lord, we know that you're beginning to work on the inside of us, Lord. You're cultivating the ground. You're making this open and moldable to your Holy Spirit. Dear God, we pray that you continue to work here in this service. Bless, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Father. May your words come out, Lord, and no one else's. We would thank you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. All right. God is good. And all the time. Amen. So, uh, I'm new here. You all haven't heard me speak before. But uh, I could tell you a little bit about my life. And uh, I guess I don't need this thing. <laughs> we'll go with the mic. God will still work. Amen. When I think back on my life, uh, one of the things I remember is running down the hallway at full speed, getting ready to slam into the door because my brother was locking me out. I had already hit the door twice with my shoulder, but he was stronger than I was, and he was keeping me out. And I said, the only way I'm going to get his attention is if I bust into this door as hard as I possibly can. So I'm running at this door full speed, picking up speed, I brace for impact, I lay into the door, bam! The frame busts, a big hole is gaping in the middle of the door. And I taught my brother a lesson, but he probably went and told my parents so he can get me in trouble because that's how he was. He and I were the ones who fought the most. He was the middle brother. I was the youngest brother. I grew up in a family of six, um, and my dad was a pastor, and my mom was a school teacher. And, yeah, you say, ooh, but it's funny because, oddly enough, none of it really got passed down because I had terrible grades for some reason, and my behavior was crazy. So I was a spirited kid, and... Uh, I love to make people laugh in class, but I gave my teachers a hard time, but fun stuff. <laughs> well, um, I did like to play football, though. Um, my brother, Bobby, he played football. He was an excellent quarterback, and I wanted to be like him. And so I was a pretty good kid uh, and when it came to football, and um, seventh grade, I was the only uh, starting seventh grader on an all eighth grade team. And um, I was doing really well in football. However, I could not get my grades together. And so my eighth grade year, um, when I went to go try out, I was supposed to be a captain that year. The coaches pulled me off to the side and they said, Ron, they said, you can't play football because your grades aren't good enough. So for the first time, it affected me and it followed me. Uh, all the way into high school, sophomore year, um, freshman year, sophomore year, I could not play. So I had this frustration that was building up inside of me, this anger that was building up inside of me. I had no place for it to go. And um, 
Now I couldn't play football in the very thing that I loved. So I finally mustered up enough grades my junior year to be able to go out and play football. And so um, it had been a long time since I had played. So uh, I was really excited. We were playing against Westerville South. And uh, second play of the game, I remember the coach called a play. It's called a crack block play. And I had seen it happen several times because I had watched my brother play. And basically what happens on a crack block play is this, is you're lined up at wide receiver and then you run and you cut towards the linebacker, this guy who's trying to make the tackle and he's not looking for it and you just lay into him. And I've seen this happen so many times. What happens is you lay into this guy, you knock him on his back, and then everybody's really excited. The coaches are going crazy, the players going crazy, the sideline is going in. So... Second play of the game, here I am lined up. So I take off running and I cut towards this guy. And I've seen it happen a million times. It's my dream. I see this guy. But you know what? He's looking a little big. So I picked up my speed a little bit more. And I'm like, I'm going to lay into him. So as I'm getting close to this guy, I brace for impact. Bam! I hit him. And then the next thing thing I remembered was looking at the stars. I said, that didn't go as planned. So I'm laying on my back and I'm like, I think I just got blasted. So I'm like, well, let me get up. So I go to get up off the ground and I'm like, I can't move. So I said, let me get up again. I can't move. And that's when I realized I was paralyzed from the neck down. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I start crying out to God. I start crying out to God like I'd never had before. You know, I was raised in a Christian family, but I'd never had a personal relationship with him. And I'm literally crying out to God like like he's a person. I'm like, God, 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 please help me. Please help me. Please help me. At that moment, I was feeling as if everything that I ever dreamed of was going to be gone. All of my hopes of playing football, relationships, everything just gone. So the medical staff came out and they started working on me. It seemed like forever. They were massaging my legs. And then out of nowhere, I start feeling this little tingle on my toes. And the little tingle went into my foot and up my leg, and I started saying, hey, guys, I think I'm feeling something. I think I'm feeling something. Then the tingling went all over my whole body. And you know, kind of know how, like, your, your foot falls asleep, and you're waiting for it to stop. It hurts so bad. <laughs> that was going on throughout my whole body. So they took me in the ambulance, um, and I went to the hospital. I had a long recovery ahead of me. Um, I think it took me three months. I had to relearn how to walk again, how to wear a neck brace, different things like that. But I was thankful that my body was able to operate. That's the first time that I had seen God work in an amazing way. The following summer, I gave my heart completely to him.
I was at a youth camp. I went down to the altar. God came into my life. Weird thing, the next day, it was bright and beautiful. I felt God's presence in my life. He started speaking to me when I went back to school. It's crazy. Instead of getting C's and D's and maybe a B, I started getting straight A's, straight B's. God was speaking to me. He's telling me when to study. He was telling me when to do my homework. Um, he started showing me love. He started showing me peace. He started showing me how to love my brother. Um, when he would do things to me, I began to be, um, be more long-suffering with him, more patient with him. And, man, he would sure would try me because he didn't like change. And he, he kind of liked the change inside of me, but he didn't, and he wanted to press those buttons. But God allowed for me to be long-suffering and loving to him. I couldn't believe what God was doing in my life, but I felt his love, and I wanted to know him more. So I took five years from the age of 17 to 22, and I consecrated my life to Jesus Christ. I planted myself in his word. I devoted myself to fasting and praying and listening to the Holy Spirit and was obedient. Now, when I look back on my life, I see how God wanted to take away the thorns and thistles I was using to break other people. And he wanted to transform my life so I could start producing fruit. But that's exactly what God wants to do in the life of every Christian. He wants to speak to us expressly through a deep, intimate relationship with him so we can spread the good news of the gospel in word and deed. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The title of this sermon is called Planted by the Water. If you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to Jeremiah 17, and we're going to read through verses 5 through 10. If you don't have your Bible, no worries. We can read on the screen. I'll be reading out the New, New Living Translation. This is what the Lord said. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine the secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. I'm going to start in Jeremiah 17 and 8, and we're going to kind of work our way back and start with fruit. Um, now, in these verses, the believer is represented by the tree, and the fruit that is coming from the tree in these verses is the representation of good works that are produced from God. Now, I have a large basket of fruit here, 
And this is a representation of the good fruit that God wants to produce from our lives. God births mankind to be an example of his truth and of his love. He puts his Holy Spirit inside of us to guide and direct us to produce the fruit of his love so that all mankind can feel it. God essentially uses your life to be a messenger of his work. And when we are fully surrendered, the fruit of the spirit is revealed from our lives for the sake of all men. This role is very important for the planet and the immediate world around you. Just like a large tree that can produce enough oxygen for four people in a day, the Christian is supposed to be a life source for those in the immediate vicinity. This is how important the life of a Christian is. In another analogy, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. Ye are the salt, are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The importance of salt and light on this planet, they're so crucial that if we remove both of them, human life would cease to exist. In the same way, if salt lost its savor and is good for nothing, a tree that stops producing fruit and becomes withered, it may be more useful as firewood. However, if it continues to produce fruit, people will keep coming back to it and eating the fruit it produces. So how does the fruit look practically in your life? One of the challenges in the Christian community is this. Sometimes we think little of ourselves and we carry this insecurity that God wouldn't actually want to use us to share his love with this big world. So what we do is we make ourselves really small and we keep ourselves busy with life, hoping that he doesn't choose us to share his gospel message. It reminds me of this story. So there was this couple. Um, they were going from Fort Lauderdale to Tampa, Florida. They were traveling up this way. And if you've ever been to Tampa, Florida, Tampa, Florida has all these beautiful groves of orange trees. And so they're driving down this road and they see all these beautiful groves of orange trees. And so they see this diner across the way and they started getting a little hungry and they said, well, let's get some breakfast. So they go into this diner and as they're going into the diner, they see all these crates of oranges that are outside the diner. And as they're going in, there's oranges up on the bar in these crates, and they see oranges all over the place. So they sit down, and they said, let's order some breakfast. Waitress comes over. They order their, their breakfast. They get their pancakes. They get their eggs. They get their bacon, their sausage, their grits, all the good stuff, right? And then the wife, she uh, looks up to the waitress, and she says, you know what? I'm looking at all these oranges. 
I'd like to get a glass of orange juice. And then the waitress says, I'm sorry. We don't out, we're out of orange juice. She says, you're out of orange juice? What do you mean? She says, the orange juice machine is down. And the lady couldn't believe it. They had all these oranges, but they couldn't produce any orange juice because the orange juice machine was down. And that's how it is sometimes in the church. We become so dependent upon our pastors and our leaders that we forget that we can make orange juice. The people at the diner have become so dependent upon the orange juice machine that they forgot that they could make orange juice. So, how does the fruit practically look in our lives? God wants to use our lives to produce fruit for other people. He wants to use it in our families. He wants to use it on our jobs. He wants to use it for our neighbors. How does that look for strangers in the store? How does that look for that person in our family who's hurting and who is in need of us? That person at work with the sad face. There's two practical ways in which God uses the fruit. I wish I did, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. He can, he can hold my mic. See, I love Pastor Jonathan. He's always so helpful. So it's like this. Two ways. <laughs> one way, one way is this. God uses fruit to show love, joy, peace, and kindness, and goodness to other people. And then on the other end is the gospel. The gospel of love, the forgiveness that we received so that we could have the Holy Spirit come into our lives and show us that goodness, fruit, and kindness. God wants us to share that with other people. So two ways, goodness and kindness in the, in, on the inside of us, the meekness, the love right here, and then sharing it with other people. There's something amazing when God comes into your life and he changes you and he's made you a new person. You have no hope but to want to share it with somebody else. It's almost like sharing your favorite fruit or your favorite dessert or telling someone about your favorite theme park. It's so easy. Like me, I, I, love, I love Cedar Point. I'm going to digress just a little bit. I love Cedar Point, okay? I love roller coasters. If I go to Cedar Point with you ever, anybody in here, I'm going to tell you exactly about that roller coaster. I'm going to tell you how it dips and dives, where it's going to kill your stomach at, and where all the fun parts are at. 
I think it's important when Christians can start doing that with the gospel. It goes beyond just sports or our favorite music or any of that. We just start sharing the good news of the gospel. Let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you where I was at and where God began to work. He can do the same for you too. We can make orange juice too. take it brother thank you I appreciate it you know it's God does want to work with us some of the amazing things uh, that God has used me for to evangelize and to speak to other people's lives it wasn't when I was a pastor at a small church or anything like that it was when I was talking to people at work meeting with strangers. God wants to use your life. He wants to use your life to spread the gospel, to spread love, to spread joy, to spread cheer. That is the usefulness of the Holy Spirit going on the inside of you, welling on the inside of you, and then coming out. It pours out of your life. For us to produce that kind of fruit, we must be nourished and there must be a source from which that nourishment comes from. Like the verse says, like the tree planted by the rivers of water, you'll never cease to produce fruit. You won't be afraid when the dry season comes. It's those who delight in God. So what is the believer's source? The believer's source is simply this. It is the reading of the word, praying, Fasting, denying oneself, worshiping, and being obedient to the word of God. The believer's source is his or her loving, deep, yearning relationship with the Lord. We seek after God as if he's the greatest treasure in the world. We delight in the word and the, and the precepts of God. And when the believer does this, the Bible says it is as if he is planted right by the source that will give him spiritual life and the natural ability to produce fruit. From our main text, it says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. They reach deep into the water, going after the source. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall never wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. We see this in the loving relationship between Jesus and the Father. Yearning for God. Jesus had a deep relationship with God. He would stay up till early in the morning seeking God. He will walk out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights just to be in the presence of God. 
Now, I'm not saying walk out into the closest state park and stay out there for 40 days and 40 nights. (laughs) But a, a sincere, a sincere love for God. So if we are followers of Christ and our heart's desire is to emulate him, we should have that same kind of love for God, that same kind of love for the source being planted near it. I pray that in my life that I don't make God just just a checkbox, something like, okay, I got you off the list, God. Wake up in the morning, I did my devotional, check. Have you ever felt like that in a relationship? It comes to your birthday. Hey, I got you something. Somebody's like, I feel like that now. Here's your Valentine's Day. But what really means the most to us is when someone takes the time just to be with us. They pour a lot of effort into our gift. They hold our hand. They look into our eyes when they're talking to us deep, meaningful relationships, that's what really means something to us. That's what really sticks. God wants to know that he's a relational priority and not just a programmatic inclusion. So what do we do when we start getting away from this source? I tell you this much. Have you ever been in a dry season? I've been in a dry season. Sometimes it can go on for days, weeks. Sometimes it can go on for months. Sometimes it can go on for years. Sometimes the winds of life, the heat, the waves, they can beat us down and we can, we can feel beat up by the wind. See, the call originally for mankind was this, to worship the Father, to let the water rush over our roots, that our roots spread deep into the soil, that we may soak up the nutrients of prayer, and that fasting and denying oneself will be like phosphorus for our branches, and we'd be obedient to the Holy Spirit like nitrogen for our fruits, that we let the Lord's sunshine on our works that we may, that our arms may stretch forward upward towards the sky and the heavens praising his name. (laughs) But men, we're not like trees. (laughs) A lot of times we don't stay near the source. We uproot ourselves and we go chasing after things. (laughs) We go chasing after personal endeavors riches, glory and fame of men. We want to be seen at times. And we take off running after these things and we leave the source behind. And after a while, the fruit starts declining and the leaves start withering. And we look and we're so far away from the source and before we know it, we're out in the desert. And then we see something in the distance, and it looks like the source. It looks like the water, but it's a mirage. And we're chasing it, and we're thinking it is God, but it's the very thing that pulled us away from the source in the first place, and that's our own will. 
And God's saying, come back to the source. Church, come back to the source. Come back to the thing that gives us everlasting life. Come back to the love. Delight in my law. Delight in your relationship with me. Make it a love thing. Be close. Hold my hand. Let me embrace you. goodness and the fruit will begin to pour out of our lives. It won't be hard. It won't be difficult. It's a natural process. Just like fruit comes out of a tree. People will feel our goodness. People will feel our love. And here's the amazing thing is that God wants that love for us too. God wants us, God wants the best for us. God wants people to treat us with love. So how do we get back to the source? One of the ways that we can do that is if we see that we've been pulled away from the source, we can repent. We repent before God. We humble ourselves and we say, God, I've been in a dry season for a long time. I haven't felt your presence. For some of us in here, maybe we've never really felt God, really. We maybe never had that, that moment where we really felt him speaking to our lives. Let me tell you something. He's reaching out to you. He's calling. He does it in little subtle ways. He'll do it like the praise and worship service this morning. He'll do it through one of the brothers in their messages. He'll do it through one of the smiles on the faces as you come through the door. He's calling out to you. He wants you to feel his love. He wants to heal you of your brokenness. I know God is, I know God is moving. I know God is speaking. Why don't you bow your heads with me? I'm going to have uh, Colton and the team come. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you just, I pray that you speak in this moment. If there's anyone, if there's anyone here today, you feel like you've been going through a dry season. You feel like, like God's just been so far and so distant. And you're saying, God, I need to come back to you. I need to come back to the source. I need to come back to my first love. I need to come back to the place, Lord, where I loved you. I just want you to stick your hands up in the air.
I see your hands. I see your hands. Oh, yeah. If there are those here this morning who you've never really felt God's presence, maybe you're like me, you, you grew up in a Christian family and you know, we've, we've come to church, you know, we've done the thing, but you're like, Lord, I, I kind of want that personal relationship. I, I want to get to know you more. I want you to, I want you to speak to me and I want you to guide and direct my life. I want you to show me how to love other people. Sometimes people who aren't even deserving of it, Father. I just feel like something that you would love to have a part of your life. Can you, can you raise your hands? Yeah. Yeah, I see your hands. I see your hands. Okay. Ministry team, can I have you come forward? Church, I'll have you stand with me. Here's the thing. God moves in great ways when we're obedient we listen to that call. Deliverance somewhat is for those who are desperate and yearning and thirsty and hungry for the things of God. For those of you who raised your hands this morning, we want to pray for you. We want God to work in your life we want God to heal and we want God to restore what has been broken and what has been lost. I'm going to tell you to step out in faith right now. This is when God begins to work and God begins to move and God begins to do amazing things in our life is when we step out in faith. Those of you who raised your hands, come forward this morning. I want you to come forward this morning. I know that God is I know that God is speaking to your heart you see all these people around you they're here to support you and they're here to comfort you so church in this moment let us pray for those who are coming forward Pour out 
out your hearts to him. Lord, this morning we pray for deliverance. Lord, for those who may be uh, missing something in their life, Lord, and they replace it with something that's not you, Lord. Help us to understand that it's only a temporary fix, Lord. That you are the river that never runs dry, Lord. That you want to produce fruit in their life, Lord, where their leaves will never go, go uh, wither. Lord, where they never be lost in a desert, Father. That, that you would give them life eternal. Do you want? 
statements like this too frequently, but I'm sure that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the country of America. I'm hearing stories and reports, and I don't pay attention to the news, but every preacher I talk to, every pastor I know that's up to something is sensing the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what Ron, what God spoke to me through Ron's message this morning. To admit that you're in a dry season means to admit that you've wandered from the source. Admit that you're in a dry season means to admit that you've wandered from the source. God so desperately wants to send revival to his people. But we have to return to the source. Oh, I just, I mean, I could have got up here and preached the, the thing with Ron today. I, I looked at this basket. I, didn't, I thought he was going to use these in case you started to snooze off a little bit and maybe just kind of. He said his brother had a good arm. I'll bet his isn't bad either. But as I was standing up here next to Ron, and he squeezed that out, I thought about how sometimes we feel like we've had the, the life squeezed out of us. When we serve, when we give, you ever just feel like you're just worn out and exhausted from giving and giving and giving? And, I, and I, as I stood here, buddy, I, I just had a hard time just about not shouting. I looked over and I said, God's got this basket of fruit for us. And he just wants to keep replenishing us. And he wants to give us more and more and more. But we have to stay connected to the source. We have to be like trees planted by rivers of water. Did you catch in that passage today? It said when your roots, roots are deep enough that no matter what winds may come, no matter what heat might come, you're going to keep producing fruit. So if you're not producing fruit, you need to go back to the source. You need to strengthen the roots that are Jesus Christ and your relationship with him. Here's where we're headed over the next five weeks. We're going to pray for the lost. God has impressed it so heavily upon me. I hope you're praying for the lost. And I know you can pray off a list. I know you can pray. For people that have been, I, I'm talking about there, that God would lay someone on your heart and give you such a burden for them that it consumes your prayer life. We're going to preach about it for the next three weeks. We're going to talk to you about how to witness and care for the people that need to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So that but by the time we get to Easter, that maybe after you've prayed for them for a month, after you've sought God, after you return to the source, that we could see revival break forth here at Cap City Church that the lost would turn in repentance to him. That after this message on the call, that we would all accept the call above all other things to bear fruit as a witness of the spirit that is within us. Begin now to even think about who God might be laying on your heart to pray for 
during this Easter celebration season over the next month. Thankful for the message. Could we give Ron a hand this morning? I was supposed to introduce him today, so I'm just going to do that in the wrong place. I was supposed to before he spoke. But that's Ron Corlew and his wife Nadine is back in the production booth helping us out. And uh, their awesome son, RJ, I think is in Children's Church. I didn't get to see RJ this morning. Um, but they, they've been hanging out with us for a few weeks. Ron's been hanging out with the youth group. They've both been helping out. Um, they, they're okay singers. I don't know if you were here last week. They, that, that's a side thing they do, I guess. But um, thankful uh, for, the, for the call of God on their life and, and how God has drawn them to Capital City Church in this season. Uh, just a couple things we want to mention to you as you're on your way out. Uh, some things have changed, right? If you came over from Hope Central, you started to give in a different way, whether you gave online through the website or through the cash app. Um, we also went from offering plates to boxes that are back there at the Welcome Center. It, it looks like most of you have figured out how to make the transition. So thank you for your continued support and just reminders you leave here today uh, that that's something that you can do on your way out. Um, I'm going to say goodbye to our, our audience that's watching online. We're so thankful that you join us every week, and uh, we appreciate all the love and support that you give us when you're watching from home or on vacation or, or unable to be here because you're not well. We have our table set up uh, from last week. Last week was Action Sunday, and I'm going to tell you that we kind of tricked you. We told you it was going to be one, for one week only. But none of you are upset when your favorite department store sends you an email and says we've extended